Hey friends, welcome back to the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. The Heidelberg Catechism, like other catechisms, is simply a tool that offers a summary of certain biblical truths and doctrines. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism for its easy-to-follow structure of 52 Lord's Days. In our last episode, we finished our discussion on the Sacrament of Baptism. Today, we will focus on the Lord's Supper. As a reminder, there are two main sacraments that are espoused by the Heidelberg Catechism and most Reformed traditions, and those are the Sacraments of Baptism and the Lord's Supper, which some sometimes call Eucharist or Communion. The Lord's Supper, like baptism, is another reminder for the believer of the life and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The Lord's Supper appears in all four Gospels. Matthew, for instance, speaks of this event, this supper that Jesus had with his disciples before his crucifixion. Matthew chapter 26 records, verse 17, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover. The significance of this event happening during the Passover cannot be overstated. Jesus is the perfect lamb, the spotless lamb that was to be sacrificed so that his people would receive salvation. The blood of the lamb simplified and exemplified his life that was sacrificed so that others might be saved. During the interchange with his disciples, Jesus takes the bread and he takes the wine and he establishes a new covenant with his people. Verse 26 says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. So the first element of the Lord's Supper is the bread, which exemplifies the body of Jesus Christ, broken on our behalf so that we might be saved. Verse 27, Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So the blood exemplifies Jesus' life, and that blood is a new covenant that God made with his people through Jesus. And it's a covenant for the forgiveness of sins. But further, what's important is that Jesus says that we will not drink or he will not drink of the fruit of the vine with his people until everything is made new in the Father's kingdom. So there is a looking forward to a moment, a day, a time when God's people will celebrate together and eat in supper and dine together with Jesus in heaven. And before we explore the questions of the Heidelberg Catechism, let me offer you the explanation of the Westminster Catechism to the answer, what is the Lord's Supper? Because I believe it is dead on. It says, The Lord's Supper is a sacrament of the New Testament wherein, by giving and receiving bread and wine according to the appointment of Jesus Christ, His death is showed forth. And they that worthily communicate, feed upon His body and blood, to their spiritual nourishment and growth and grace, and have their union and communion with Him confirmed, to testify and renew their thankfulness and engagement to God and their mutual love and fellowship with each other as members of the same mystical body. 
In other words, the Lord's Supper has both a physical and a spiritual meaning. Physical meaning the elements of the Supper symbolize Christ and His body and His death. And the believer partakes of that tangibly in the Lord's Supper. And second, spiritually we know that we belong to Christ and we belong to one another as His body. So like baptism, the Lord's Supper involves an outward sign and also a spiritual one. The outward sign being the elements, and the spiritual one is the inward commitment of the believer to identify with Christ's life and his death. The first question of Lord's Day 28 then begins this way. How does the Lord's Supper signify and seal to you that you share in Christ's one sacrifice on the cross and in all his gifts? The answer is quite lengthy, so let me read it to you. In this way. Christ has commanded me and all believers to eat of this broken bread and drink of this cup in remembrance of him. So note that the Lord's Supper is an act of remembrance. It continues, With this command he gave these promises. First, As surely as I see with my eyes the bread of the Lord broken for me and the cup given to me, so surely was his body offered for me and his blood poured out for me on the cross. So again, our eyes are pointed to the cross and his blood that was shed on our behalf. Second, as surely as I receive from the hand of the minister and taste with my mouth the bread and the cup of the Lord as sure signs of Christ's body and blood, so surely does he himself nourish and refresh my soul to everlasting life with his crucified body and shed blood. Notice the careful language of the Heidelberg Catechism. It states the bread and the cup of the Lord as sure signs of, the, of Christ's body and blood. It is not the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ, but signs of it. Which leads us then to the next question. What does it mean to eat the crucified body of Christ and to drink of its shed blood? The answer given is, first, to accept with a believing heart all of the suffering and the death of Christ and so receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Notice that it does not say that you do so by taking of the Lord's Supper, but that prior to the Lord's Supper you accept the death of Jesus Christ and receive forgiveness of your sins prior to taking the Supper. Second, to be united more and more to his sacred body through the Holy Spirit who lives both in Christ and in us. Therefore, although Christ is in heaven we are, and we are on earth, yet we are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones, and we forever live and are governed by one spirit as the members of our body are but by one soul. And the Heidelberg Catechism offers yet another question. Where has Christ promised that he will nourish and refresh believers with his body and blood as surely as they eat of this broken bread and drink of this cup? The answer given is in the institution of the Lord's Supper. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks and broke it, he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is a quotation from 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three through 26. And it continues. This promise is repeated by Paul where he says, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in? In the body of Christ, because there is one loaf, we, who are many, are one body, for we all partake of one loaf. In other words, we're all partakers of the Lord's Supper, and we are recipients of 
Christ's redemption through his body that was shed, that was broken for us and his blood that was shed for us. The Catholic view of the Lord's Supper is different. They call it the Eucharist, which means celebration. Section 1333 says, At the heart of the Eucharistic celebration are the bread and the wine, that by the words of Jesus Christ and the invocation of the Holy Spirit become Christ's body and blood. Notice the verb used is become. This idea is first clarified in section 1376, which says, The Council of Trent summarizes the Catholic faith by declaring, Because Christ our Redeemer said that it was truly His body that He was offering under the species of bread, it has always been the conviction of the Church of God and the Holy Council that now declares again that by the consecration of the bread and the wine, there takes place a change in the whole substance of the bread into the substance of the body of Christ our Lord and of the whole substance of the wine into the substance of His blood. This change the Holy Catholic Church has fittingly and properly called transubstantiation. Again, that the elements of the Lord's Supper literally become the literal body of Jesus Christ. Of course, that is not the view of the Reformed tradition, neither is it mine, that the Lord's Supper is an institution of the actual body of Jesus Christ while the Lord's Supper is being partaken of. The Reformed view, in my view, is that it is merely a symbolic act that has spiritual ramifications, but not that it actually becomes the body of Jesus Christ. Well, folks, thanks for listening to the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. And until our next podcast, stay encouraged, encourage others, and keep growing in Christ. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family, and subscribe at any time. God bless.